We'll send the poor people on Kal uh, Loshan, who are quite wealthy if they're learning, uh, going to have to hear the Chazara twice. So we were speaking about the introduction to paintball. So we mentioned paintball is a game that people find exciting, and I'm sure it is, with various teams trying to eliminate each other and various ways to play it, and capture a flag or eliminate the enemy, capture territory. It's a simulated battle, basically. So we already introduced last night that it's certainly before we get into the Chavala issue, um, whether it's Derech Nitzayin, it's certainly not Lefi Ruchenu. I mentioned last night, I don't know if you can absolutely answer it, but it's certainly a Goy Shazach. We are very, very not into, that's an understatement. We try to stay away from any violence, simulated or otherwise, unless it's absolutely necessary. And if a person has to be in the army and Yidin had armies over time, then you train in the army, not before, not more than you have to. And the way it worked uh, historically for the last uh, few thousand years by the Umasalam, it was a way of life. If you weren't a farmer, you were a soldier or an emperor leading them into battle, and it was a lifetime of bloodshed. And we are very, very against that. And as I mentioned last night, Pasuk has to give rachamim, extra rachamim, even when we have to fight, and we have to fight a Muhammad's mitzvah. And as a number of people mentioned after the shir, the video games, computer games, uh, various uh, movies and things like that, besides all the other sermon and waste of time, Bittu Terra and clash of cultures and Hukoseyam issues and getting into their culture, watching violence is not good for Yenoshama. Even the Umas Elam recognized not good for your character. And if you're not shooting somebody on the screen, you're shooting somebody in real life, even though it's not live ammunition, this is about as close to live ammunition as you're going to get, unless it's a BB gun. I think that's illegal to shoot at people. And it's not good for your midas. So I wouldn't suggest it even before we get into the halachic issue of chavala. Uh, we're going to get into that tonight, and that's why we need the rest of the introduction. So the high-powered rifle, two types I mentioned last night, there's one with a spring for little kids, and then for the serious players, there's a, a rifle with compressed air, liquid CO2, and the like, that packs a very powerful punch. And so much so that besides signing the usual waivers, general in life, if you're ever doing a recreational activity and they make you sign a lot of paperwork, that's not a great sign. Those uh, people in the industry will say, convincingly so, based on raw statistics, like skydiving, which we're going to get to, They'll say, well, it's very safe, and there are more people who get killed walking across the street, Rahman driving in cars and skydiving, and there's got to be a way to do the numbers that that might be true on paper. Uh, Lamaisa, uh, I was told, I'm not in the insurance uh, industry. If anybody here is, they can verify or deny, but I'm told that when they sell life insurance, uh, some of them have a questionnaire, and they ask you if you skydive a lot. So apparently, despite the great statistics, they're a little bit nervous. Maybe it's indicative of a lifestyle, but we'll get to skydiving under separate cover. Right now, paintball it could be dangerous, not necessarily lethal. Anything can happen, but that's not the problem here. And they have all sorts of rules and regulations and probably some waivers as well. If everyone would play by the rules, if, a big if, as I will explain, 
and you're bundled up with a number of layers and wearing a good uniform and wearing a helmet properly, I can make a good argument that it's still horrible for your midas and you shouldn't play, but it's not a psik ratio you're going to get a chavala, not anywhere, anywhere near a psik ratio, and therefore you can't ask it else chavala, but mechates is going to happen. Problem is, the reality on the ground is that it's a sport and people try to have fun. Often in the summer it's hot. They don't like wearing layers and many people wear a t-shirt. And that's it. Okay, t-shirt, tzitzis, a couple layers there, but doesn't really do that much for the impact. And it's sort of expected by serious players that you're going to get a number of bruises and welts over time. It's inevitable, but it's so much fun, why not? And okay, if you're choosing that, and you're an Akamadzai Mitzvah, and Chavola is not also for you, which, by the way, is a debatable point. If the Makar is Achaz Dimchem, it might be also for Gaim also, but let's leave that alone. But we're talking about for from people who want to be medaktik with Yisurim, and Sveikas of Yisurim, certainly their races, and they want to have a good time, but there are plenty of other things to do. question is, are you allowed to put yourself in a matzav where even if you're bundled up, you can still get bruised, but if you're not, and you're depending on the other team to play by the rules and have their accept, acceptable social distancing of, depending where you're playing, 10 feet, 20 feet, I read up on the rules, you're not allowed to shoot point blank. And they give shirim for that. We're used to shirim, how far you have to stand. 10 feet, 20 feet, whatever the shear is. No. So if you're standing far enough and you play by the rules, so nobody should be get bru- getting bruised and getting welts. Problem is, if they're wearing very little, they might still, even at that distance. And the bigger problem is, even if they're somewhat bundled up, they're extremely bundled up, they, it'll bounce off and explode and get them all full of paint, but it won't hurt that much. Uh, the real issue is that uh, players have told me that the big excitement is when you finally move in on the guy and corner him, and everybody sort of loses themselves in the moment of the bloodthirsty kill. It's like they're trying to hunt deer or whales. And they forget themselves, and they quite often shoot closer than they should be shooting. Again, no one's getting killed by and large. What's happened, but that's rare, and that you can't answer based on that. But a lot of people are getting welts and bruises. Quite often. Is it an absolute psychration? No. Many learn Hilchashah's psikresha is only 100%, 99% is not psikresha. You're putting yourself in a matzav where it's extremely common to get nichbal, to get chavala, and to be doing chavala with somebody else all the time. So I don't think it has to be a psikresha in this sugya to be a problem to put yourself in a matzav like that. It's not a rare occurrence, not by far. And they explain to me, yeah, we sort of forget, and the rules were, and they, we sort of signed, but they let you do what you want. So they don't insist on a particular dress wear. They could suggest, uh, they don't insist on the social distancing, even though they suggest it. Once you sign the waiver, you're on your own, and things get exciting and a lot of control. And that's the nature of the game. So that is a good side, besides the Midas, why you shouldn't be playing. The Tzad Lahokal on that is the Ramesha we've been working on over the past few nights. And that is, Ramesha says that it's only us or did somebody else and to allow yourself to be hit or to hit yourself, or Meshul learns it's the same occur, if it's derech nitzayin or bizayin. So now, the argument could be made, I don't want to overplay this argument because I think it's more also than mutter in this case, and it's a shayla but I'd like to be malamitzchus on those who have played or are playing. 
Maybe one could argue, according to Ramesha, that it's not Derech Nitzayim, because we're all friends and we're having a good time. So the fact that I'm shooting you and I have little pellets exploding on your shirt doesn't mean it's anything personal. Sounds like the Mafia. Is that a good argument? I mentioned it because I think it's a Havamina that uh, we're all having fun. I'm smiling, you're smiling. Well, afterwards, going for a lachayim, everything is fine. I hope they're not doing that in camp. And they're not going for a beer either, but they're having a good time. They're having a good time on the bus ride there, the bus ride back, and except for the ones that are limping from their welts. And therefore, it's not derech nitzayin. It's not pashat. The argument against that is, is that the guy who is now trying to raise his hands and surrender, I don't know, he's supposed to, I guess, I don't know what the rules of engagement is here. If he raises a white flag, do you have to stop? I suppose so. But... He's the guy getting hit, and yes, he has to smile because these are his friends from camp, and whether his friends are not his friends, or he's not so friendly, and never was so friendly, but you don't want to look like a nerd and an outsider, so you smile. And they ask you, how was the game? You say, great, very exciting. And meanwhile, you're aching, and you have a huge welt or two. So at the time he's about to get hit, and he looks him in the eye, is he Michael 100%? I don't think so. Especially if the guy is shooting closer than 20 feet. So I think there's a good side that is Derek Nisayan. You'll say the guy that's shooting is just playing a game, but <laughs> not trying to hurt him, but Derek Nisayan, and could be it gets so contentious and it gets so competitive that at that moment he really is. I'll give you a marshal just within, the, within sporting. Football players, okay, we're not playing tackle football, that could be. Same issue with Chavala, but even a hard touch of basketball players. Ruven's playing Shimon. You have Ruven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, and another five in the other team. And it's the semifinals. They're playing a very serious game. This takes place in camp. I have no problem with it. If you play fair and in good faith, it's good exercise. It's exciting. And the Minigis, they have a lot of leagues, and they're playing. And they're often playing hard. It's color war. And Ruven fouls Shimon. And fouls him hard. Sometimes he gets caught. <laughs> He'll get called out. Get a couple of free shots. And sometimes he won't get caught. When he fouls him hard, the guy's going up and he really slaps him hard. Is that Derek Nitzayim? And he creates a little black and blue mark. Is that Derek Nitzayim? So you can make the same argument. That's not Derek Nitzayim. They're all playing a game. In theory, they're supposed to be playing a game. But we all know that with teenagers, young adults, and sometimes adults, it gets very, very serious. And people take it personally. And they get too involved. I'm not saying this is right. But this is the way it goes here in America, and they're fouling him because they'd rather slap him hard, and even if he gets a black and blue mug, let him get off that shot and hope they get away with it. I think that a lot closer to Derek Nitzayim than the other way around. Nope. All the Americans listening over here? All the football, basketball players, paintball players? What do you think? Uh, I was even told, Yaakov, would you tell me that? That uh, I thought it was pretty horrific that uh, if a guy um, hit a grand slam off a pitcher, next time he gets up for bat, he might actually throw the ball at him and try to hit him. Is that that allegation? I thought that was absolutely scandalous. And Yaakov, um, who claims he played baseball once or twice, uh, claims that's true. Uh, Okay, is that Derek Nittanyan? Oh, it's a game. It's nothing personal. Afterwards, they'll be drinking beer together. He's throwing the ball at him at 90 miles an hour. That's Derek Nittanyan. I... I, I, 
statement foul, just to show that uh, don't mess with me. Don't yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's definitely saying the fact that they will be friendly, they were friendly, they can make up. Your kippers gonna come and ask mechila. So, so, what? <laughs> so if you if you wallop somebody, that's also they don't tell you even ask mechila later, even though you're normally good friends. I, I think the argument is very weak. I, I think Ramesha would agree with this Derek Nitzayan. At the moment, it's Derek Nitzayan. So I like bringing up the Havamis. I like to look for the Kulos and be Miyasha the Minig. I think it's a very weak argument, and I think it's a problem. And now we have two issues with the paintballing, possibly three. One is it's horrible for you, Midas, that's for sure. It's very Goyish. Whether that's actual Hukasayim is a different story. And maybe, yeah, maybe not. I'm worried about that also. It's also Shiloh Badaresa. And it's putting yourself in a matzah where I can't claim psikresha, the people who play and get everybody else out and don't get hit at all. Can't say it's a psikresha. You're putting yourself in a matzah where somebody's going to be chayvul you, and you're allowing that uh, because you're in the matzah, and you're setting yourself up if you're playing a full game or a few games, it's going to happen over a few games. Uh, just that's the information I have from the people I interviewed. And they were all trying to be honest, which helps for the sugya. So, anybody from the National Paintball Association wants to uh, argue the point, or if I'm missing some of the mitzvahs, you can let me know or call in. But I think there's certainly one problem, maybe two problems, maybe three problems. While we are on the topic of um, chavala and uh, dangerous things, so I mentioned uh, skydiving. We have jumping, uh, being attached to rubber bands over cliffs also, and all sorts of other things, which we've gone through in different shearing. But uh, skydiving, once we are on the subject, I've had to look up some recent uh, statistics on just how safe it is. Again, all the skydiving associations tell you it's very safe and safe in the driving car. Maybe that's true. Maybe we shouldn't drive cars. But Lamaisa, there are a few issues in skydiving. First of all, it's dangerous. If something really goes wrong, it could be Rahman Salam fatal. So the good news is they claim, it sounds like a very low number, they claimed only 13 skydiving fatalities in the U.S. in 2018. I don't know if it went downhill in 19 and what's going on this year, but 13 is pretty good. That means it's pretty safe in terms of not being Sakhanas Lafash's mamish. That's not our sugya. Our sugya is injury. I never jumped out of a plane. And um, I never tried it. And after the Sherem, I don't know if I will. But certainly in the decades preceding this last one, from the information I read, now they have it more down to a science where the landing is getting softer and softer. But in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, it was a sport still pretty safe in terms of no fatalities or very few. But... When you get down to the ground, there are also instructions how to fall, and often, quite often, you make a bruise, a welt, a sprained ankle, and the like, because you're still moving toward the ground at a pretty fast clip, even when everything goes right. Now, I looked up to find some statistic. Uh, statistics are hard to come by that are 100% accurate, especially you have to know who's putting them out, but let's take this at face value. They claim that in the past couple of years, the ratio is about 1 in 1,500 for skydiving injuries. 1 in 1,500. Okay, so certainly nowhere near a rove. So 1 in 1,500. They're talking about injuries that are reported. 
So it sounds like a pretty good ratio, but they're talking about injuries that people who need medical attention go to emergency rooms, things like that. But they survive. It's not so constipatious. Broken legs, real heart sprains, uh, real uh, big cuts and things like that. I don't believe this number is taking into account a little black and blue mark. But a little black and blue mark is a chavala. And you're not allowed to be yourself. And you can't just claim to have a tzarech because Taisa says a tzarech for money is not even a tzarech. Certainly, somebody claims to have a tzarech to jump out of a plane when they're paying for it, not getting paid, is highly suspect. And I don't know, and I don't know if we're ever going to find out, what is the real statistic on how many people are getting nechbal to the tune of even a small bruise or a welt or a slight pain in your ankle that goes away after an hour, but no medical personnel will call to the scene. It's a lot bigger than one in 1,500. I just don't know what the number is. So I, I didn't get a chance to interview anybody here on the line. Uh, care to admit that they've been skydiving recently? That can tell me how it hurt or didn't hurt. Uh, if you did it recently, they say it's getting softer and softer. That's good. That'll, that'll make it more mutter. But I'm concerned about, number one, is it a hard bang? Which, again, if you love sports, you don't care getting a bruise. But try Liz is that mutter for, uh, for just the thrill of jumping out of a plane. And the second thing is that even though, Baruch Hashem, there are very few fatalities, or so they claim, and not that many injuries, you have to keep that important hashkafa in mind. We try not to put ourselves in a matzah where we have to use chusen to make sure we're safe, even though statistically it's safe. That's important. Jumping out of planes... You're in a serious matzah. As a matter of fact, you probably have to bench gaimel because the minute is we bench gaimel, we go in a plane when we're in the inside and the windows are closed. And it's pretty smooth. If you're jumping out of the plane and you're flying through the air and you're going to hope to pull that, that, uh, that rope or whatever you're pulling and press that button, you're in a makam sakana. So you'll say, well, statistically it's safe, so is flying. So first thing is if you bench gaimel when you fly, that place can say you shouldn't, but statistically it's safe. The minute is we do. If you're benching, Garmaisha holds even not over a desert, over an ocean, even over land. Because it's bad, Sam. Life can't support being in the air like that, and you need something to work, like the engine. Well, here you're free-falling. The parachute's not open yet. You're in a Makama Sakana. You need the following button, lever, string, whatever you're pulling, to work. So you're getting yourself out of the Sakana. Garmaisha would probably hold you after Benjamin. Gaimel. I know that to be a fact, because I know that somebody asked Rabbi Yashuv after his uh, stint in the Tzahal, and he was in San Chanim then, which was, uh, used to be a lot more used than is now. They still have the unit. But he actually bench Gaimel every time he jumps. He said, no, wait till the end of the war, the end of your tour of duty. But there was no Shia Lish bench Gaimel. So if a guy's doing it voluntarily, that just puts the question, why are you doing something voluntarily after bench Gaimel for it? So you say, it's a good kasha. It's an excellent kasha. So why are you going on a plane? Why are you going on a ship for vacation? Nobody asks that. It's a good kasha. Going, going to Matzah, if you have to bench Gaimel, you're doing it not for business. But the minute is local on that, the child is over here, you're in a matzah where you have to bench gaimel, and I'm chayshesh, there are a lot of injuries that are a davashamabakach, 10 minutes later you don't even feel it, but you're getting bruised, but you're happy to do it for the thrill. That's one issue. If that number is low, then you can't answer it based on that. But the shkaf over here is that when you're in a makam of sakana, you're also using schusim. And I don't know too many people have extra schusim to burn up. And like the Gemara says, you shouldn't walk under a on a wall that might not be so sturdy or a ladder that might not be so sturdy. Obviously, the wall's not falling down now because you wouldn't want to walk there. They're talking about a matzah where why walk anywhere where you have to use chusim to come out unscathed. You could argue that over there, talking about a wall that looks 
like it's teeter-tottering, and statistically it's very high, it's going to fall, as opposed to this. Only 13 fatalities is uh, very low, and 1 in 1,500 for serious injuries. But the problem is, Chavala is not only a serious injury. That's the issue I have. I uh, told over the story, if you remember. Uh, I remember it because I had to do Chazara, because the Bachar I was talking about, it's from a family I'm close to, I'm close to the Bachar also, who's not a Bachar anymore, he's a younger mom, uh, married with, with children, and uh, he's the one who told me the story way after it happened where he always had this dream to go skydiving and cost money, especially when you hire a video guy to jump at the same time to video you as you're going down, but that's all part of the program, and he did both, and he was jumping in tandem with somebody. It means he was tethered to somebody. And for the amateurs, that's what they do, and he told me that he had to keep it a aim, Shiloh, because he once mentioned he wanted to do it, and his mother was really having conniptions. I don't blame her. His father wasn't too happy, and um, he asked me, Achar is that a violation of keep it a aim? I said, to aggravate your parents is usually a keep it or a murder issue, even though they can't run your life. They're Shiloh to do something that you really don't have to do in life in the first place. They can't tell you to become a lawyer or supposed to be a dentist, but to ask you not to skydive, they don't have to worry about you, and certainly... Uh, a possibility. Anyway, he told me that uh, he was thinking about it, and he gave in to his it's a hurry, it's a type, and he did it once, but he didn't tell his parents that he shouldn't get nervous. And they told me an interesting happened thing happened on the way down. When somebody starts a sentence like that, you know, it's a Scott story. That's not a very good sign. And he said he jumped with this guy who claimed to be very experienced, who was hired by the company. And they jumped out. He said the first ten seconds is mamash gavaldik. It's worth the money. It's a thrill. You look down and you're falling, and you see Niflis Aberi, and it's, it's really amazing. It's what's supposed to happen short, very shortly after that is that they're supposed to pull the thing, and the thing's supposed to uh, open up. And the good news is they pulled it, and it sort of opened up. The other news is that it opened up only a little bit and got tangled. So he's falling as this is happening. So he uh, looks to the guy, and he says, um, it doesn't seem to be going. And the guy said, yeah, wait a second, I'll fix that. And he, I think, either takes out his pocket knife and starts to do it. He starts to, I think it wasn't, he wasn't cutting anything yet. He was trying to untangle it. He's doing this as they're falling. So I said, uh, this is pretty scary. What'd you do now? He said, I was terrified. I said, what'd you do? He said, I said, Shema. He says, you wouldn't believe when you look down how quickly the ground comes up. And the guy's, uh, what probably seemed like an eternity, the guy's trying to untangle it. After what he felt like was five decades, probably 15 seconds or less, he couldn't untangle it. So he said, don't worry about a thing. That's why we have an emergency one. I don't know how well the emergency ones work when the first one's tangled, but we'll find out. And he pulled the second one, and Baruch Hashem, that worked. And he said, the whole thing was on video until after it was tangled, and then the guy had the good sense to stop the video because Poppy works for the same company, and they don't want to get sued. <laughs> so, but he says, the video shuts off, right? You, know, you can see me jumping out. So I said, it's a good thing your parents didn't find out about that. He says, no, no, I told them afterwards. I said, what did you do that for? He said, I figured I, I'm okay. Of course, he told his mother, and his mother had conniptions afterwards. So I, I said, would you go skydiving if you were married? He said, Khalila. He says, I wouldn't do that either. Why not? He says, it's not a responsible thing to do. I have a wife and kids. So that shows you that the average person thinks it's a bit uh, of an adventure, and... Of course, the guy he, he jumped with swore that he'd been doing this for 30 years, never had that before. I don't know how many people he tells that to, but <laughs> apparently it's underreported. What's the chance of the guy telling me the story for this year? He's the only guy that had it. Just the Yeshiva Bacha. Everybody else in America doesn't have it. It could be, 
He was starting up here very good. That's a nice try. You see, I'm glad I told her the story. It could be it never happens, and uh, Shem wanted him to remember, and I should be able to tell me I should say it over, and everybody should be scared of their parents a little more. Yeah, that, that could be. Okay. He's going to hear this, and I'm going to get a call about this afterwards again. Uh, but that's a, that's a good shot. Lamaisa, between the using schusim and the fact the insurance companies might not be too thrilled about this, even though they're claiming, I don't know what the problem is, there's only 13 fatalities, unless that the cheshus, that number's not right. I'm most concerned for Asugia, are you getting a little bruised when you land? And from what I understand, it got a lot better. What was going on then and what's going on now? So if anybody wants to research or ask somebody who does it on a regular basis, maybe it depends how high you're flying from. And they try to obviously pilot the plane in a way where they're dropping you in the best spot with the least amount of trees, I suppose. But... That is the Shaila. I don't think it's nearly as bad a Shaila as the paintballing is. Okay. One more item for tonight, and then we'll continue next week, and we'll start um, the Mesil Sasharim, which is on the sugya of Chavala and fasting. It's a, it's a fascinating parak in the Mesil Sasharim. Many of you have seen Messiah Sharm and learned it through, but seeing Messiah Sharm is not good enough. Every word is Baruch HaKedosh. That was the guy's comment on Messiah Sharm. And he has a parak about this topic, not from the extreme sports, of course, but the issue of fasting and sigufim, which we started at the beginning of the Sugya. Seems to be that Ahoraya, and that might be the Moscana coin to San Peskim, is Nazir is Mazar Asma Medayan for 30 days, and he calls himself to miss wine for 30 days. And he's doing it for a mitzvah, and the mitzvah is bigger than the Averis, we allow him to do, but he needs a kapara. And Ramesha says, well, then dieting should be a problem unless you're not having hunger pains, and maybe it's mutter because it's yifui haguf, and you're, that you can do. So we're not going to discuss that now, but next week's sugi, we're going to start with that Messiah Sasharm, where he discusses a very, very crucial hashkafa. Where does the chumra come in if Chazal did Nasserit and the Torah did Nasserit? So where does Kadeshim Tiyu fit into this sugya of being chayvah yourself, being mitzahar yourself? That's a very, very important question for Yiddishkeit and the growing people. But that'll be for next week in preparation for Kabbalah, Sotera, and Cheesecake. The irony of Erishfuas is, we all know the Gemara Be'ah, Zemachlekes, Elezer, Rabbi Yeshua, whether every yantiv is chatzil lachem or chatzil lachem, because the stirim psukim, or is it akul lachem, akul lachem, depending who you are? If you can sit and learn all day and daven, you can fast or go to Samishayim and have a peanut butter sandwich, but nothing fancy. And Rabbi Shua says, no, it's on um, is Dafka. It's so posh that everybody's might Even Rabbi Lezer, there has to be at least chatzil lachem. That has to be explained because Shavuos is only Kabbal Satara. There's no eating as part of the Dereza. So the answer is, is that the Avedis Hashem and Kabbal Satara doesn't necessarily mean fasting. But the Mitzvah Hashem brings up many Bikaris that it certainly could, and it certainly could be a tool of Avedis Hashem. The question is, when is that mutter, when is that usher, when is that suggested? That's going to be next week's sugya. What I'd like to mention about the Chavetz Chaim that I spoke out, and if you received the drasha I sent out to the shul two weeks ago, I spent a good 20 minutes going through the entire tshuva of the Chavetz Chaim that he answered to many people, Balpan, then he wrote it up. It's in one of his farm. At a very difficult time in history when the communists already had taken over and there were Jewish communists heavily involved and they were very off the derech and very anti-religious and real Chavaz Chaim called them Rosham Gemurim. These weren't in Nekish and Nishba. And 
they use them, the Gaiusha communists use the Jewish communists, and the Jewish communists are more than happy to comply, use them to help eradicate all religion, especially the Jewish religion, because the firm were the most obstinate. And the Chavetz Chaim, this is a lot of part of his life, he's already older, and he was besides himself, and he made many comments to many Talmudim that we should go and fight them, even though, how can you fight them? How can you fight the mighty Russian Empire? And he said, we have to have Messiris Nefesh, and we might lose a little bit at the beginning, but we have to show Messiris Nefesh. And he instructed many people, we're talking about millions and millions of Eden who were suddenly trapped in the Soviet Union. And Chavez Chaim was in Poland, not yet trapped, and um, he was looking at what was going on. And the way to eradicate any ideal is to indoctrinate the, indoctrinate the younger generation, take them into your system. And that's still a battle, unfortunately, that's going on in Eretz Yisrael in many parts, even though Baruch Hashem in Eretz Yisrael, you have a right to send to a yeshiva of your choice and get the educational Tyrus HaKadosh, but there are a lot of well-meaning Israelis that talk at who and Shuvu wants to get them in, and the government and the locals fight them because they realize this is the future of Klai Yisrael and they don't want to give anybody up. Then it was exponentially worse, and the Chavetz Chaim writes in his letter that even though he's well aware that the parents who are caught not sending their little children to the new state school, which was set up and designed to teach Kfira, it was not by accident. They were teaching science and math also, but it was to teach Kfira, and they were trying to have an output of uh, zero tolerance for any religion and nobody interested in it, and they would succeed if you would send them there. They had... There was a hero here and there who would become a Valchuva or resist, but it was come out impossible taking them from six years old and putting them through a system. So, similar to the Cantonist degrees, the decrees, but they, they want the people in the army and they also want to take them off the derech. Here, it was just to take them off the derech. Of course, promising them you'll get out of poverty and you'll become doctors and scientists, and which, of course, unfortunately, they all did. We have no problem with orthodox doctors and scientists, but they became uh, the uh, next generation of leaders, but unfortunately for the Soviet Union, not for Yiddishkeit. So Chavaz Chaim said that the parents, he's aware, the parents were told, that if they don't send the children and they try to teach them Torah, they're going to be locked up, arrested, locked up, sent to Siberia, which means killed. And they asked Chavaz Chaim, what do we do? Now, you would, we would say in our very narrow, practical view of all things. That, wow, you can't fight City Hall. What are you going to do? Chavetz Chaim begged to disagree. And he said, you're not allowed. And he says this in the, using the Pasuk of giving a kid over to Moloch, the worst form of Avodazar. It's the same thing, Kefira Avodazar. And he said, you cannot hand them over. And even if you're going to get caught and arrested and sit in jail, go to Siberia, which means you could get killed and probably will. And they'll take the kids anyway. If you're caught... You have to try. You can't hand them over. And whoever you could save, you could save. Even though you get killed doing it, basically, he's telling them it's your ever. So, we had in this topic a few weeks back, the discussion, remember, the Dasakanim with the terrible mice in the tower in York, with the two Rabbanim and the kids, whether the kids should be killed before they get to them and take them away to the church so we give the Neshamas back in purity or not, and... One of the two claim that they're under Bar Mitzvah. It's not Yahar Vayavra for them, and we don't have to be proactive. And the other one held, no, it's our job. If there's Zichah going to be handed over to the church, 
they're going to grow up with Gain Gemurim, and why should we, let's get back to Neshama's hole as where we weren't trusted in the first place. That's not similar to this scenario in the Chavaz Chaim. The Chavaz Chaim is saying that parents can't actively hand over the kids. They have to hide them, and even if they get caught, and even if the kids ultimately taken away, they have to try, maybe it'll work for some children. Over there, they weren't doing anything. They were battering down the gate and soon the door, and they're going to catch them. The question is, they will kill the adults, and take away the kids. Are they machid to be proactive to kill the kids beforehand? Some held yes, and some held no. We have to be proactive to, to kill them. Why should we do that? It's not our Hashem made this gezerah. Chavaz Chaim's talking about the parents have a chiv to make sure the kids grow up from and they have a chiv to give them the chinuch. They can't hand them over to a chinuch of the kfira. They're doing a mitzvah to hand them over. And that the Chavaz Chaim said is yavar by yavar. So there is a chiv between the two cases, but this letter, which the Chavaz Chaim felt was so important that he wasn't getting the message across Baal Peh, one by one, he wrote an open letter to Klai Yisrael. That's how bad it was. There were Yechidim who were misgabber, and I'm sure some got away. Ultimately, we lost most of them, and Baruch Hashem, years, years later, many of them became Bali Tshuva, but the Chavaz Chaim was so upset about this Besev uh, Yamov, he spent his time instructing anybody who can resist must, and anybody who can get away with cooperating has to get away, and if it, they get caught, basically saying is Yehar Vayavar, which is a... Um, a chiddish, maybe to the people hearing it, uh, to the Chavz Chaim, it was Pashat, and uh, nobody in print disagrees. And again, it's not similar to the case of the Tower of York. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, next week we will uh, begin the Messias Hashem. So find it, if you can, uh, tonight on your PDFs, and it's one of the later ones, and print it out. So we're ready for Monday, and Mitzvah Shem, the Navi Shia will be Sunday morning at 8.50. Have a good night and a good Shabbos. Good night, Rebbe. Call to... What?